Welcome to My Jesus Stories with Patricia King. Patricia shares stories from her life's journey of walking with Jesus and the lessons she's learned. Now, here is Patricia King. Well, hello there and welcome. Patricia King here, and I have a great Jesus story for you today. I want to share from my life about something that God really dealt with me on, but also prepared me to be a message for his people. And oftentimes you will find that when God's doing something in you and he's calling you to account, that it's not only for you, that you actually become the message of his dealings. And so I know that many of you can probably relate to that. But I want to go back to um, December of uh, 2021 when I was in the presence of the Lord, just ministering my love to him. And he speaks to me into my heart and he says, Patricia, I want you to live a life that is unoffendable. And I thought, awesome. And I had a goal actually to to make love my greatest aim uh, for many years, for you know, almost two decades, I had this official mandate to learn how to love because you know Jesus said that the world will know that we are his disciples by the love that we have. And I thought, well, right now the church isn't really known too much for its love, but we'll get there, right? We're going to get there. We're going to move forward in God and get there. And also, you know, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, Paul said, actually, if you don't have love, you uh, have nothing, you are nothing, and it profits you nothing. So you could have faith to move mountains, you could sing, sing uh, just perfectly, um, just perfect pitch, beautiful voice, great songwriter even, or you could be a, a, a mighty preacher with great anointing, miracle signs, wonders. You could care for the poor, to give all of your money to the poor, to help them get food and everything. But if love isn't your, your motive, if love isn't what's fueling all those things, that's where the Apostle Paul said, it profits nothing. Even if you were you know, to work mighty miracles, even if you were to prophesy perfectly, if you don't have love, he says, it, it, it's nothing. You have nothing, you are nothing, and it profits nothing. And Jesus said, actually, we only have one commandment, and that is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, and to love others as ourselves. And so really, it's just a commandment to love that fulfills all the other commandments. So of course, this has been my goal for many years. Lord, teach me to love. What does love look like? I want to I want to love like you love because you are love. And so I was I was moving towards that. That's been before me all these years. And I'm looking forward to growing more and more and more in the love of God as I walk forward in these coming years with him. But in December of 21, he's bringing this question to me, would I be willing to live unoffendable? And I thought, well, of course, I, I think that would be amazing. And yes, and honestly, I didn't think I was that offendable. I, I didn't think I was easily offended. And um, so I said, sure, um, that should be fairly easy. And he said, well, you know, I think that you might have more offense than what you realize. And I thought, okay, you know, we'll see. You know, I honestly did not recognize the offense. And sometimes we are in a place in our life where, where we're just kind of going along 
going from day to day and we don't realize some of the things that we are thinking, saying, or doing that are contrary to God's word and that we haven't received conviction for in our heart yet. So right after he spoke to me, I was driving from Maricopa into the Phoenix area to do some chores. I'm in my car and I'm going into town and I'm in the fast lane of the highway. And to be in the fast lane, you're supposed to be doing the speed limit, you know, at least the speed limit. You can go a little bit over the speed limit, just a little bit over, but you have to be doing minimum speed limit. And then the other cars that aren't doing the speed limit, they go in the right lane, which is the slow lane. So that's how it is in America, or at least how it's here in Arizona where I live. And so I'm driving down the fast lane in the highway and there's a car in front of me that I guess he didn't realize that you're supposed to be going fast in the fast lane. He didn't understand that you had to go the speed limit because he was going way under the speed limit. He was just crawling along. He was on his phone, I think. And, you know, and then I looked in the slow lane because I thought, well, maybe I can get over there and pass him. But the slow lane was full of cars that were going slow all lined up, just crawling along. And so I thought I should let the guy know in front of me that he's in the wrong lane. So, you know, I'm talking to myself sort of thing because I know he can't hear me, but I'm saying, hey, guy, move over. That's a slow lane over there. Move over. But he didn't hear me. He didn't respond. And so I started getting a little irritated and I should have realized what was happening. But it went into a full-blown offense, and I'm actually yelling at the guy in my car saying, move over into the other lane. Why aren't you over in the other lane? You're not supposed to be here. You're holding me back. And I was just ranting, right? And um, the Lord says, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, you know, being offendable. I want you to be unoffendable. I thought, oh, my goodness. Like, I felt so justified because he wasn't obeying the rules. And oftentimes when we're feeling offended, we we justify ourselves. But God doesn't see it that way. He sees it differently. So then I found myself even watching TV programs getting offended, right? So I'm watching a TV program, and there's a guy doing something on there that he shouldn't have been doing. And I was ticked off at him for doing and making the choices and saying what he was saying. And I'm yelling at him on the television screen. And the Lord says, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I realized, wow, it just came up out of my heart. You know, it was just a television program. It wasn't even a real life thing, but it came up out of my heart, this offense that I was carrying towards this television character. Okay. And I started realizing, I thought, hmm, my heart needs to be realigned with the Lord. I need to be adjusted in the Lord so that I can love better better without offense and that I can learn how to speak the truth in love because it doesn't mean that we don't address issues or, or confront sin or injustice or things like that. No, we need to be able to do that, but without offense, fueling it. We need to be able to speak the truth in love and rightly divide it all and do our best to help people come into a right place. But I realized that I had an offensive trigger on the inside of me that I I hadn't even really noted before. It was just, you know, you go through life and think, well, I guess that doesn't really matter yelling at a, 
at a TV character, right? Or, or being in your car where no one can hear you and you're yelling at the guy in front of you. But you see, it comes out of the heart and that's what God looks at. Man looks at, out, at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So the Lord was nailing me on this issue of offense. And he started teaching me how to be unoffendable. Now, at first, I was coming under conviction. When he first started highlighting this to me, I was getting convicted all the day long. There would be like maybe sometimes two to four times in a day even that I would get convicted about offensive thinking or offended words that I would speak. You know, and I think, whoa, I had no idea how offended I was until he brought it to my attention. And it could be just little things like even like, you know, standing in a lineup at the grocery store and, you know, the person in front of you uh, has an item that needs a price check and they have to, you have to wait and wait and wait for the price check and you can get offended or, or maybe someone not caring for you like you think they should or not helping you when they could. Or it just little things like that every single day that come up that you can be offended about. And the, and, and, and the worst ones to overcome, I think, are the ones where you feel so justified in, in holding on. Like, you know, when we were working with anti-trafficking and that, I remember just facing so much offense because of what was happening to the victims until God showed me that, yeah, but those people that, that are, are the ones who are the perpetrators of that, they also have their own story. And I died for them on the cross as well. So it's not flesh and blood that you're fighting. It's powers and principalities and workers of evil. And I want everyone, every person rescued from the power of sin. And so offense will put a wall in there. Oh, we get offended so easily. I remember in 2020, at the beginning of a new era, all of a sudden there was so much offense. We were offended because of the, the COVID virus came in and there was decisions being made on whether you wear masks or not or social distancing, all of that. There was racial tensions. There was a, a, a an election that year that there was people at odds against each other with. And all of a sudden, you saw this onslaught of offense coming through, especially in social media or mainline news media. It was just poisonous. I couldn't believe some of the things I heard, but everyone felt justified in being offended. And there's no justification for it. You know, you think of Jesus on the cross, he wasn't offended with us. He was on that cross and he looked out over the crowd. You were in the crowd. And he knew all of your sin, all of my sin, all of the bad ways that we treated him, ignored him, not believed him, not obeyed him, rebelled against him. He, he, he knew the issues of every single person, you know, and some really evil, the most vilest of sinners were in that crowd. He was looking at them. He was looking at you and I. And he didn't hold us to account. He didn't say, well, you know, you've got to, get things right, you know, because I'm offended with you. And if you don't get things right, I'm just not going to shed my blood for you. No, he shed his blood for everyone. There wasn't one, one offendable drop of blood that he shed, not one. He wasn't offended with you or anyone else. He laid his life down for all of us because he wants us rescued from the things that are offensive. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be delivered. 
he wants me delivered from the things that the enemy has planned. And he wants me to be a voice for righteousness, but I can't be a voice for righteousness if I have offense in me. I can't be a voice for truth if I have offense in me. The word says that, that um, you know, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear. So even if we have great prayer meetings, we could have thousands of people show up in a prayer meeting, but if there's offense in our heart, and we're praying out of that offense, and we haven't rightly divided the truth, then we're not even heard. It's just a waste of time and money, putting a gathering together like that. And so God started dealing with my heart, and then he started giving me a burden for the body of Christ. I realized I had my own issues with offense, and I realized also that the body of Christ has issues with offense. And he said, would you be a spokesman for me? And I thought, well, God, I'm, I don't know if I'd be a good spokesperson because I am not there yet. And he says, you're on the journey, but you're headed in the right direction. He said, but I need your voice, even though you're not totally mature in conquering this yet. I need your voice. And so he began to unpack things for me that I could share with the body, that I could share with you so that you could raise the bar high and operate in a love that is so great because God is love and you can be just like God in his love. You can be like that, but we have to deal with offense. And so he put it on my heart, not only to speak on it, so for a whole season, every, every, everywhere I went, you know, all the way um, through every single meeting, a lot of, you know, even live streams and things like that. He said, I want you to carry this word. I want you to speak it over and over and over again. Keep raising the bar on this so that people will know and they'll be called to the higher ground. You see, we, you know, we talk about low life. We think of low life as someone, you know, maybe living out of the garbage or not living up to their 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 potential and maybe living in the inner city with all kinds of addictions and stuff like that. That's our connotation of low life. But really, low life is living lower than what we've been invited to in Jesus. And I want to live the high life, and that's to be like him and to love like he loves and to live an unoffendable life. And so that's my pursuit. And I want it to be your pursuit. And he called me to write a book. And the book is called Living Unoffendable. And I want you to get it. I want you to get it for your friends and your family and for everyone you know, maybe for your pastors and leaders. And you can get it on Amazon or you can go to our website, uh, uh, patriciaking.com, and you can get it there. But it is, it is a very powerful book and it would be great for... Bible studies and, um, you know, even, you know, uh, live stream connections, like where you do Zoom calls with one another, mentoring, mentoring opportunities. It's a great tool for you to help you learn to become unoffendable. It is not out in the market yet, but it will be around mid-November. So I'd love for you to get this book. It would be a blessing to you. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. You can find more information about Patricia King Ministries on patriciaking.com. Thank you also to those of you who generously sow financially into the ministry to enable us to reach the nations with the gospel.